G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. We kind of get caught up in the attitude or the thought that I'm a son or daughter of God. And we talked about this before as well. I'm a joint heir with Christ and, I, you know, all these blessings and things that I'm privileges that belong to me because of that. And all of those things are true. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We've been learning about the names of God, and in this program, we're going to learn about the name Adonai and what it means. In fact, the context of this name is crucially important for us to understand because it's very much tied to our salvation. Psalm 16, 1 and 2, it says, Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to Yahweh, you are my Adonai, my goodness is nothing apart from you. Now, just taken by itself, you kind of think, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but the, the point of, of reading that is where the name Adonai comes in, which is what the name we're going to look at this time. The Hebrew name Adonai is a plural form of the word Adon, and Adon means Lord, Master, or Owner. And the word Adon, it's derived from the Ugaritic language, which is a Northwest Semitic language. And that's kind of where its origins come from. And that word means Lord or Father even. And now in the Tanakh, which was the Old Covenant, the word Adon can refer to men and angels as well as to God himself. And God is referred to as the Lord of Lords. The interesting thing about when they were translating the name of God, they often would just translate it either Yahweh or Adonai. From there, it always just became Lord. But that is diminishing from his name Mm. because Lord is actually more of a title than a name. So oftentimes when you read the word Lord in the Old Covenant in particular, if you actually were to look at the original Hebrew word, it's often Adonai or Yahweh. Mm. And that is a name. It's not a title. Yeah, that's right. So it's quite diminished when you read it in the English in, in many respects. Now, and the name Adonai demonstrates this and this other facet of of um, God and the kind of relationship that He wants to have with His people. He is our Lord and our Master. He's also our owner. We're His slaves. You know, somebody who owns another person is a slave. He's talking yeah. about a slave. Now, we we absolutely hate that. We have discussed this on previous episodes. We absolutely hate this connotation. And I guess it's quite a foreign concept to us in the West. These days, oh, isn't absolutely. it? The whole idea of slavery, us being a, a slave or being owned by someone, we don't really understand yeah, yeah, how yeah. that would work. We don't, we don't like it at all. In fact, we are so big on our own independence, mm. on our rights, on, yeah. you know, me, 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 me. Whereas a slave, well, a slave actually doesn't have any rights. It's not about me, 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 me. They are told what to wear. They're told what time to get up, Mm. what time to go to bed. They're given their duties throughout the day. They don't get a choice. And the difference between, say, a slave and a servant, 
is that if a servant doesn't actually like the working conditions, he can resign and find a job elsewhere, Mm. whereas a slave doesn't get that choice. In fact, in ancient cultures, the slave, his very life depended on the whims of his owner. And so we look at that and we go, this is appalling. It's like God being jealous, Elkanah. Mm. And we kind of go, oh, that's really bad. But in that context of a marriage relationship, it was a righteous response in God's, the attribute that God was presenting. So when it comes to us being God's slaves and him being our owner, our master as Adonai, you have to look at the context of what it meant. I mean, when, when God spoke to his people, he actually warned them, you look after the slaves and the foreigner who's in your land. You remember what it was like when you were a slave in Egypt and how bad you had it. Make sure you never, ever do that. And if you look at the role of a master, a slave owner, he had all the responsibility. The, the, the slave had one responsibility, and that was obey. That was it. Do as you're told. Exactly. That was it. This is your duty. Now fulfill it. But for the owner, for the master, he had to make sure that the food was provided for the slave, the clothing, medical treatment, shelter, a bed, um, his whole family, if he had the family, or or everything Mm. had to be provided for the family. All the responsibility for the slave rested on the slave owner. So if you're looking at, say, God as our owner and we are his slaves, then absolutely everything that we need to live and function is God's responsibility, 100%. Mm. We have one obligation, just do what he says. Yeah, exactly. So in that particular context, you kind of go, Actually, it's not such a mm. bad deal. Well, it sort of simplifies things, doesn't it, really? Well, you think, well, if I obey, then God will provide everything and he'll take care of my needs. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, we still fight with that. We don't like that because we kind of think, yeah, you know. You know when Paul, uh, he wrote in 1 Corinthians 7, 22, 23, said, For he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought with a price. Uh, don't become slaves of men. So he was talking about, yeah, it's good to be a slave of Christ. Yeah. And and we read those kind of verses and we kind of think, oh, isn't that lovely? That's very spiritual. And then we leave it and you go, I'm me. I'm independent. <laughs> yeah. I still have my rights. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that we kind of get caught up in the attitude or the thought that I'm a son or daughter of God. And we've talked about this before as well. I'm a joint heir with Christ and, I, you know, all these blessings and things that I'm privileges that belong mm. to me because of that. And all of those things are true. But just like all these names that we have of God that reveal to us different facets of his nature and character, he is a jealous God. He is also our owner. He is also a God who sees. He's also all powerful. He's also all preeminent. And so many more things that we're going to learn about him and his nature and character that are represented in his names. But those things are often demonstrated at certain times. And it's the same in our relationship with God. We are his slaves. Our entire life we are his slaves, but we are also Mm. his sons or daughters. We are also joint heirs. We are also a whole host of things. And those things become evident or become manifest in our life at various different times and places, depending on where God has us, what he's calling us to do. 
um, how we're representing him at different seasons in our life as well. So it's not that we are either a slave of Christ or we are a joint heir with Christ. It's both. Mm, that's right. We've got to keep these things in balance, not just I'm a, I'm a son or I'm a daughter, so I don't have to do any of those things. I'm exempt. No, not at all. In fact, if we try to exempt ourselves, that actually you know, forfeits some of the, the uh, privileges that uh, the other uh, parts are there for. Yeah, absolutely, precisely. But the other thing in, in the uh, that idea there of being of exempting yourself, again, looking at that verse from 1 Corinthians 7, 22 and 23, he, where Paul says, you were bought with a Christ, don't become a slave of men. He says that you were called while free, but you are now Christ's slave. I think we've said this before. Before you come to know Christ, you're already a slave. You're just a slave mm, to sin. That's right, you're a yeah. slave to death. You're a slave to the fallen human nature. You're already a slave. But when you become Christ's, you become you know his property, you're actually free because yeah. you're free from all of that. You're free from the curse of death. You're free from sin. You're free from all of that. But now you're a slave of Christ. You have one responsibility. Just do as you're told and mm. he'll take care of everything else. Yeah. And And I think... Why this is so important for us to understand this is because he has presented himself as Adonai, our master, our owner. And this was something he presented himself as and revealed himself as in the old covenant as well. Mm. So we get this representation of slave and ownership between God and his people Old and new covenant, it's not something that's that you can just think, oh, well, it's old, so we don't need it anymore. No, no, no. This is who God is and how he wants to relate to us. And mm. it's actually for our benefit. Well, that's right. It takes a, a little bit of uh, wrapping our minds around and understanding uh, you know, what that all means. But as you say, there are some huge positives uh, in there as well. And once again, there's uh, lots more in the notes that you can have a look at off our website. But uh, we encourage you to study up on the name Adonai and understand its full meaning. Well, next time on the program, we're going to look at another one of the names of God, and that is Yahweh. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.